Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 1. Hebrews 6 and 1. If you are there, say amen. amen. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation. Everybody say the foundation. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Somebody say it's still necessary. He said, let's not lay again the foundation of the doctrine of baptism. Let's not lay again the foundation of the doctrine of laying on of hands. How many of you still believe it works? He said, we don't, we don't, we don't have to lay again the foundation of the gospel, of, of the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead or of eternal judgment. But he said, if, if God will permit us, if God will permit us, verse 3, we will move on to perfection. If God, if God will permit us, if God will help us, somebody say, God help us. God, God will help us. Now, I want to take you to verse number 9. And uh, I'm obviously leaving a lot out, but I, I want to just draw from this and try my best to extrapolate some thought from this. Verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things for you better things of you or God has better things for you we're persuaded that there are better things for you and things that accompany salvation now stay with me verse verse 1 he said we're not we're not going to lay again the foundation of salvation is basically what he's saying there's going to be repentance and baptism. And we still believe in the resurrection. We believe in laying on of hands. We believe all of that. He said, we're not going to deal with that. But God has some better things for you. It's things that accompany salvation. This is, this is revelation today. Not because I got it. But because it's in the word. And I want to preach to you today with the help of the Lord, living beyond the gospel. Living beyond the gospel. Could we pray together? God, you are beyond amazing. There is no adequate way in my limited and finite vocabulary that I could even conjure up the words to just say thank you for how good you've been to me. There is no way that I could adequately describe the greatness of God, the goodness of God. Yet the psalmist said to praise you according to your excellent greatness. So this day, God, just suffice it to say from my heart and my life that I love you more than words could frame. I bless your name in a higher measure than I could ever comprehend. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your power. 
I thank you for your people. I thank you for your church that you have purchased with your own blood. And I ask today, God, that you would strengthen our hearts and our minds in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the church say amen. God bless you. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Living beyond the gospel. Now, there is a pressure that comes on every preacher regardless of their admission or not, that you feel like anytime you're preaching something out of the Scripture, for some reason you feel the pressure to pre-qualify. And that is a fact. No matter what you're preaching, there is pressure to pre-qualify. I don't know if it's that you just want to be sure you're crystal clear or you think somebody's going to misconstrue what you say. And sometimes I think that's all a possibility. In this day and age that we live in, people can misconstrue things that would blow your mind. Uh, I was preaching a a meeting one time, and uh, I prayed for this little boy who was sick. God had done many miracles that day, manifested physical miracles. There was a a boy that had broken his leg at at a camp meeting, like snapped his leg in half, and was going to have to go get surgery. And... uh, they, they put, he broke it at youth camp, and I was preaching the family camp. And he was scheduled to have surgery to fix that broken leg. And he put it off for another week so that he could go to camp meeting. And he was on a little crutch, cane, whatever. Uh, and uh, I'm talking to young kids, 17, 16, 17 years old. When I walked by him, I felt the Spirit of the Lord say, you know, start a conversation with this guy, talk to him. And I told him, I said, hey, before camp meeting's over, I want to pray for you. And, and uh, so I prayed for him on Friday, and I didn't have anything to do with it other than being obedient to the Lord. And the Lord healed that boy in altar call with a broken leg. He took off running around the building. Well, when that happened, that place went bananas. And so people started being healed. Now, the, the later effect of that, when he went home, to get, he got the x-ray. He was supposed to have the surgery, and he walked in with no help at all, and they looked at the x-ray and said, sir, your leg's completely healed. There would be no surgery. But there was a little boy there that uh, was maybe a diabetic or something. He had a, a disease of some kind in his body that was perpetual. And he came forward because faith was so high. And I prayed for him and quoted the word of God over his life and said, with his stripes, we are healed. And so the little boy went home and uh, was apparently not completely well and and uh, still felt bad. And his pastor called me and he said, you have created a mess for me. I said, why have I created a mess for you? He said, because you told that boy that he was healed and he's still sick. I said, I think you may want to go back and watch that video again. Because if it's, a, if it's a shame and a sin to quote the word of God over somebody's life. Then I don't, I don't want to be right. The word of God said... He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And somebody shout this with me right now. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, not everybody has to believe that, but I'm telling you, it's still right. And if you've got sickness in your body, I think every day of your life, you ought to stand up and say, Lord, you were wounded for my transgression. And... You were bruised for my iniquity and the chastisement of my peace is upon you. And with your stripes, I am healed. 
Come on, I, I believe in the power of what we say. With your stripes, I am healed. You redeem me from the law of sickness. You redeem me from sin, Lord. I'm asking you today that your word would come alive in my life. Well, pastor, what if, he, what if he doesn't heal my body? What if I end up dying from it? Then you can stand in front of his throne and say, I'm grateful that you were wounded for my transgression and you were bruised for my iniquity. And because of what you did, I stand in your presence today healed. Yeah, but pastor, we've prayed for people that God didn't heal their body and we ask him to, but I'll never stop preaching that he can because he didn't. And so you do, you do feel the need to, to, to pre-qualify sometimes. Just because I speak the word of God doesn't mean I'm prophesying this is the, what the Lord's going to do in 4.7 days. You know, so you got to be careful with people. I understand that. So I'm going to begin this morning by pre-qualifying what I'm going to say about living beyond the gospel. Let me begin by saying this. You cannot be saved without the gospel being preached and the gospel being obeyed. You can be seated. I said you cannot be saved without the gospel being preached and the gospel being obeyed. How shall they be saved unless they hear and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. In Galatians, the first chapter. Now this is so good. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 8. I'm still pre-qualifying this morning. I believe in the power of the gospel. The apostle told the church at Galatia, he said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, then let him be accursed. Verse 9. And we said before, so now I say it again, that if a man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. I'm here to preach to you on this Sunday morning. There is no other way. There is no other gospel. There is no other doctrine. There is no such thing as oneness scripture and Trinitarian scripture. There is no such thing as Baptist scripture and Methodist scripture. There is no such thing as Catholic scripture. Well, there is the part that they wrote. But that, that's it. there's just the word. You understand what I'm saying? There's the word. And the word is right. Well, preacher, I disagree with. That's okay. You can disagree, but it's right. I, I don't think you have to repent of your sins. That's okay. But you have to repent of your sins. I don't, think you, I don't think you should have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You don't have to believe that you have to. But the word says you must be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. 
I don't think you have to receive the Holy Ghost. I don't think you have to speak in tongues with you when you do. That's okay. You don't have to believe it. But it's written and it's right. It's the gospel. It's the truth. Come on, somebody. That it's not like there's another way. We don't, get, we don't get paid bonuses in the ministry because we can find an easier way. We, we don't get paid bonuses because we refuse to back up on the gospel. Look, the reason why I preach the gospel is because the apostles said, if I preach anything else, then I am cursed. So there's only... One way to be born again. This is not Pentecostal rules. This is not apostolic rhetoric. It's Bible. Jesus said in John chapter 3, except a man be born again. Somebody say born again. He cannot see the kingdom of heaven. He said, if he is not born again of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't see it. You can't enter it. You can't participate in it unless you are born again. Nicodemus was troubled with that. He said, well, I don't understand. How how can a man enter into his mother's womb a second time? He said, no, you're missing it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that in my flesh, there is no good thing. I can't be born again in my flesh. There's nothing I can do in my flesh to make me any better than I was. The way that I was born is the way that I was born. I may have been born to to a drug addict. I may have been born to an alcoholic. I may have been born to a preacher. I may have been born to a woman of the night. But that's how I was born. I was born in the flesh. But that which is born of the spirit. Yeah, but I inherited things in my life because of how I was born in the flesh. And that's okay. When you are born again, you are born of the Spirit. And the power of the Spirit cancels the power of what you had in your flesh. I wish I could tell you about the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not here to be mean today. I'm not here to be cruel, but I want to tell you, I don't, it, it doesn't matter if your daddy beat every woman he was with and was a sot drunk and laid in the floor drunk in front of you every night. That does not have to be your destiny. When you're born again of the Spirit, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, literally fills your body. And you are full of the Spirit of God that gives you the power to overcome that. I wish somebody would shout it with me this morning. I am an overcomer. That's what the Spirit does in you. Makes you an overcomer. Yeah, but I've done a lot of I've done a lot of things. Been I've been a horrible sinner. You know, I've, I mean, goodness, there's things I've done I don't want anybody to know. Well, welcome to the club. I'm sure, I'm sure you're in good company this morning, right? I mean, I know you think they're all squeaky clean, but I've been knowing some of these folk a while. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, but I mean, you just, just look at them. They think they're somebody. They, I mean, look at the way they're, they're dressed, and they sit there with their proud face. Well, just, just know, I've, I've been knowing some folk a while. You know, it's, it's you pinch them, they're going to scream. Prick them with a pin, they're going to bleed. They're flesh. There's nobody in this room. I don't care how bouffant they think they are. There ain't nobody up in here that's perfect. Nobody. Nobody. Ain't a single soul in here that's perfect. Nobody. Boy, I need to say that again, I think. Twice wasn't enough. Somebody shout, nobody. Nobody. So quit letting the devil lie to you and tell you that because you made a mistake, you don't deserve to be here. Yeah, but all those people, man, they got it together. The whole, you know what? We're really trying hard to do right, but we've all made mistakes, and yours is not the worst that God has ever seen. So sal- salvation, salvation, although opinions on salvation are ubiquitous, there's really not a lot of options. You're either saved the Bible way, or Bishop, I know this is strong preaching, but you're, you're not saved at all. Bishop Johnny James used to preach it all the time. Almost saved is always lost. Well, I mean, I did get baptized one time, but I'm not big on the spirit thing. Okay. Jesus said, if that's the way you feel, then you're half born. Come on now. Woo, did y'all hear that rat licking ice? It's quiet up in here right now. Well, I, 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 did, I do believe on Jesus. And I even confessed it with my mouth. That Jesus is Lord. Good. That's part of it. He, he said, you must believe that I am. He said... I am he. And except you believe that I am he. Come on, somebody preach it to me now. He said, you shall die in your sin. Well, you preachers, you just preach it too hard. No, no, no. We're trying to stand between you and somebody's lying opinion that told you God don't care. It's all right. No. Jesus said, if you don't believe that he is, You are going to die in your sin. So somebody on TV might preach it with a little butter uh, butter icing on the cake and say, no, you you don't have to believe all that. Well, don't believe it for my sake. Believe it for Christ's sake. What do you think Jesus meant when he said you must be born again? Right? I mean, my, my, my mom and dad didn't speak King James Often, but but I I knew what, when they were saying I must do something. Must meant no options, Jack. When my mom and dad said curfews at eleven, that did not mean eleven o two. You must be home by eleven, because if you're home at eleven o two. 
You will never drive your car again until you're 149 years old and you will be stuck in your room, never get married, never have kids. Right? Because you must be. And, and, and I'd, I'd come in. Mom was a little upset. I'd work on dad a little bit. Mom said he was easy on us. I don't know. He's pretty tough. I'm going to start ticking up here. I've <laughs> had some pretty good beatings. But you know what? I'm better than Timex Watch. I can take a licking and keep on ticking. <laughs> Praise God. I, I, I'm going to get in trouble. I know because I'm just meddling in this. I'm going to preach my message in a minute. But look, I thank God. I cut up that. I thank God for how I was raised. My mom, my mom and dad, they didn't play that timeout game. If it was timeout, it's when you were knocked out for just a second and you came back too. That's why she stopped the three wax, because at four, I'd black out. My mom and dad didn't come to my room and say, oh, baby, you really, you really need to get up for church. <laughs> Honey, I know you're tired. I'm not saying this to be me. My mom and I, we're on the same page. We know. She thinks now she was too hard on me. I'm like, no, thank you. Because I, I, this, is, this is how I was raised. You get up and get in the. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? Hold me by the armpit and I'm dragging. If you, if you get up off your feet a little bit when they hit your tail, your feet kick out and it hurts a little less, you know. I ain't the only person here ever stuck socks in the back of my britches. You know, you know why kids just feel free to run their mouth? Because they weren't raised like that. You know why kids feel free to just tell their parents what they're going to do? Because they weren't raised like that. And do you know, why, you know why people take those same liberties with the word of God and say, I disagree with it, so I'm not going to do it? They weren't raised with the word in front of them that says, like it, lump it, love it, hate it. Jesus said it. And if you want to be saved, this is how you're saved. If you don't want to be saved this way, then it's another gospel. And if somebody's preaching another gospel... Man, y'all are, y'all are doing so good. You're doing so good. I know, I know what it, I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to have sympathetic feelings for people that, that you want to see do good and serve God. Okay, I've been doing this a long time. Everybody doing all right? But you've heard me preach this in the past. But here comes that broken record. i got to get it to you. They asked Jesus. They said, what's the most important commandment? He said, Deuteronomy 6. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Everybody on the same page? And then he interjects. He said, and the second most important 
is like unto the first. The first one said, love God with all your heart. The second one said, love your neighbor as yourself. But we've got to where we love our neighbor with all our heart. And we love God as ourself. We got the two commandments confused. And when you love people with all your heart, you'll start moving on the message to have compassion on somebody and say, well, you know, I mean, I know, I know they, 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 they repented of their sins. I heard them pray a prayer. Well, that's, see, I don't have time to preach all this, but that's where we're messed up. Repentance is not a prayer. Now, I believe you got to pray to repent. But repentance is not a, a, it's not a prayer. Repentance is I'm going this way. Now I'm going this way. That's, that's, it's teshuva. It's, it's true teshuva. It's repentance. It's I've changed directions. I used to love this. Now I love him. I used to go there. Now I don't. I cling to him. Right? This is salvation. Well, they repented. But, they, you know, they, never, they just never had the time to get baptized. We all got time to get baptized. Yeah, but they're, 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 they're 100 years old on their deathbed. I ain't waiting that long. Well, Pastor, do you believe God can, God, God can do it on somebody's deathbed? Yeah, I do. But why would you wait that long when it's such a good life living for the Lord? There's, there's no life like living for the Lord. If you're hearing this message today and you're not laying on your deathbed, then go ahead and choose God right now. If, if you've got breath in your lungs, choose God now. It's a good life living for the Lord. So I'm done pre-qualifying. I'm going to preach now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach something to you in, in Jesus' name. So the scripture, the scripture said, therefore, leaving the principles, the literal translation of, of principles is the elementary discussion, discussion of. Leaving the elementary discussion of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And that, that word is maturity. So you can break it down like this. This is Gerber style. So leaving the elementary discussion of the doctrine of Christ, let's move on and be mature. You understand what I'm saying? So we, we, we all agree in here today that you must be born again. But how many of you would be satisfied if your baby was born and 15 years later, your baby is still wearing diapers, you're still feeding that baby Gerber food, they're 15 years old and you're still cleaning their derriere because they, they never got up and said, you know what, I'm not a baby anymore. Being born again is just that. That's where I'm born. And when I, I heard a TV preacher preach this one time, I'd tell you his name, but ask me off camera, I'll tell you. 
He said, see, we got it right there in the book of Hebrews. The Bible said you can forsake the preaching of baptism and move on to perfect. That is not what it said. He literally said, see, we don't have, we don't have to preach baptism in the church anymore because we can, we can leave that principle. No, that's not what he said. He said, leave the elementary discussion of it because it's settled. Come on, somebody say it's settled. You don't quit preaching something because it's settled. But also, you shouldn't have to live every day of your life saying, I'm saved. Now, I'm going to draw a little parallel for you right here, okay? I've been married 21 and a half years. They're about, December will be, December 1st be 22 years. It's hard to believe. And in 22 years of marriage, I think... I'm getting really close to deciding that she's the one. You know, that's why I travel so much, because I'm not real sure that I want everybody to know that we're a thing. Right. Now, I don't mind her being my thing when it's just us. And there's nobody around to really see. But sometimes when I get in public, there may be something better that looks at me and says, are you interested? That sounds silly, don't it? Until you look at our Christian walk. I got baptized 21 years ago. Got the Holy Ghost 21 years ago. I kind of do my own thing. Depends on who I'm with. I mean, he's my jive when it's just me and him. But when I get with other people that say there's an easier way, then, like, you know. I mean, I'm not going to disagree, but I'm not, you know. No, I don't know. When I, when, when I stood at the altar that day at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis on a daggum cold day that she wanted to do pictures outside. Here's a great idea. Get married in December and take pictures outside at the circle. When I got married that day, and I looked her in the eyes, and I said, I do. I didn't say, I will. I said, I do, and that means I'm going to keep it that way. It's for better. Somebody say better. It's for worse. Anybody in here married ever had worse times? But you've had some better times. And you don't just forsake the better times because you have a worse time. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to your family right now. Look, there's going to be days that are better, and there's going to be days that are worse. But you said you would, so do. I, I, I don't have the right 
every time I get frustrated to run out and leave my wife and I don't have the right every time I get frustrated at God to run off and leave him because when I took on his name in baptism I said to him I belong to you and that's it I'm off the market I'm done I, I'm, I'm betrothed to you I'm not looking for anybody else. There's not another Jesus that I want. I know false Christs are going to rise and deceive many, but I don't want those false Christs. I want you. I'm not trying to trade you in on something that's less. Lord, I don't want anything else but you. I'm not looking for a new way of baptism. I believe immersion in Jesus' name is enough because that's how the apostles did it. I'm not looking for a new way of getting the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I got chill bumps three times, so whoa, I got No, that's not what the Bible said. It said when they received the Holy Ghost, they spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Jesus, I am off the market, and I'm not looking for another way. Now, let me just be real. I'm confident in my relationship with my wife, okay? But just because you say I do don't make pretty woman ugly. You guys are the biggest scaredy cats I've ever seen in my life. I said other women are pretty. You're like. She's put a thumping on you before, I know. You know what? Women, women are still pretty. Ladies, your old guy may be getting a little root beer belly, you know. But there's somebody out there that's got washboards. You with me? And so when, when, you're, when you're engaged with somebody, when you're betrothed to them and you, you marry that person, you got to learn to say no. And when you, when you take on the name of Jesus, you're going to spend the rest of your life saying no to some stuff. I can stand before God Almighty today and tell you I've been with one woman in my life. Thank God for my beautiful wife. I've been with one woman, but I've had more than one opportunity. Come on now. I'm open with my wife. I tell her everything. I was on a flight one night coming home from Florida. And this, the, the, the two ladies working the flight, I'll tell you the short version. I got off the flight. There was two of them. One of them, I don't know how to say this kindly. One of them, there was no threat she was ever going to like a man. I just lost all of you. And the other one, she was, she was pretty, young, smiling, nice. I got off the flight, and the one I wasn't worried about at all walked up to me while I'm getting a cup of coffee, and she said, hey, my friend was quite impressed with you. I said, who's your friend? She said, the other flight attendant. I said, good, God bless y'all. I walked away. Got to my gate, and guess who came walking up? 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be nice. Hey, how are you? God bless you. I'm like, please tell me, please tell me these people are not coming to this gate. You know, I'm like, where are y'all headed? She said somewhere else. I don't even know where they're going. Somewhere else says, oh, thank God. Get out of here. She said, where are you going? I said, home to my wife. Indianapolis. <laughs> Somebody shout this today. I am off the market. I'm trying to get this in your spirit. I'm talking about my marriage because everything in the kingdom of God is likened unto a marriage. And if you want to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb, then you're going to have to stay married to this. Because I promise you somebody is going to come along someday and say, you know, all that you believe is not necessary. You don't really have to believe all that. Oh, yes, I do. You don't have to preach all that. You could have a much bigger church if you'd quit preaching all that. But I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want to be lost, and I don't want to lead you into eternity knowing that I didn't preach the truth. If you're curious, I'm in the very beginning of the first of the eight-week series. I don't even have time to preach all this. Understand, Pastor, when I tell you this today, I'm speaking all this to pre-qualify to you. You got to get in. There's only one way to get in. And when you get in, you got to stay in. I'm not trying to decide after 22 years almost if she's the one. He's the one. I'm not going somewhere else. But I'm not going to keep laying that foundation. Is this right? Did I really have to be baptized in Jesus' name? Did I really have to receive the gift? Yes, I did. I did. He said, but, but that's your salvation. That's how you're saved. But we spend so much of our Christian walk, listen to me. We spend our Christian walk saying, well, I'm sure not who I'm supposed to be, but at least I'm not what I used to be. I mean, I don't sin like I used to, but I mean, I still got some issues. Look, at some point, we've got to stop celebrating that after 20 years, we're like, okay, I'm good. I'm not just existing to try to keep from sinning. No, you're just, you're just, trying, to, you're just trying to make all this perfect and, and everybody walk around like zombies. No, no, no. You're going to have to say no to some things. But you have the power to say no and be victorious. You understand what I'm saying? You have the power to say no. Your Christian calling and election is not to just walk around fighting sin all the time. At some point in your life, the Bible said that you have dominion over sin. That used to, I'd feel that tug a little bit, and I'd be like, ah, no, I better not. 
And now you've got the authority after so long you just walk by and like, I don't even need you anymore. You don't mean anything to me anymore. That's nothing for me anymore because I have dominion over that. But when I finally get dominion over that, there is another level. The apostle said it's things that accompany salvation. No, I'm not going to be done by 12.02, but I'm going to work. Y'all ready for a nap? Understand me when I tell you today, God has more for your life than just getting victory over sin. Folks, listen, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but I got to get this in your spirit. I am not still trying to decide if holiness is right. It works. <laughs> I'm not sitting down at tables with people right now that are trying to tell me, bro, like, I mean, that's not necessary. Yes, it is. I've got victory over that. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. You understand what I'm saying? But there is another place of victory for me that accompanies my salvation. Angels celebrate repentance. Thank God for repentance. But what do you do after you're saved? You live the rest of your life saying, Woo, I'm saved. Woo, I'm saved. I'm saved. Thank God. Woo, I'm saved. From what and to what? So I'm saved from sin, but saved to what? I'm saved to a life of victory that goes so much deeper than the fact that at least I'm not sinning anymore. And I hear the Spirit calling me to be seated with Him in heavenly places and to expose the kingdom of God in my life and let me know you're not just a conqueror that has conquered sin in your life, but you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He didn't just call you to win over your flesh. He called you to walk in dominion over the powers of darkness in this city. I am not just saved so I can have good church. I'm not going to stop having good church. But that's not why I'm saved. I'm saved so that everywhere my feet go, I can say in the name of Jesus, it belongs to me. In the name of Jesus, it belongs to me. I drive through this city on a frequent basis. And I drive up and down streets. I did it last night. I drive up and down streets and I say in the name of Jesus, give us this neighborhood. I drive through streets in this city. And I say in the name of Jesus, I loose the peace of God in this neighborhood. In the name of Jesus, I call forth families out of this neighborhood. Why would you do that? Because there's more than that. I'm just, I'm not a sinner anymore. No, there is something beyond the gospel when I'm saved I've got to walk in the victory of that salvation I got so much to preach but I'm quitting we cannot underestimate the value of salvation thank God for the gospel but I got the gospel now I'm moving not forsaking it I embraced it. Somebody say, I got it. I got it. But this goes all the way back to creation. This is probably part of week three. 
But this goes all the way back to creation. He gave men dominion when he created him. And he said to him, be fruitful and multiply. Can, can, can I just five more minutes? When me and my wife got married, we didn't just get married so I could say, she's mine. But I got three walking ATMs. Well, maybe I should say, I'm the walking ATM. And my wife says, you're a softie. And I'm like, they're hungry. The purpose of my marriage. Oh, God. Lord, help me get this to your people. I can't just go back to the altar every day and say, I'll still be your husband. I'll still be your husband. I'll still be your husband. I, I, I can't expect every day. Look, the reason some people get married, and if I had time, man, Brother Jordan can hit on this with our young people. When you marry with the wrong motive, you think it's going to fix the problem in your life. Well, thank God sex is finally legal. So I'm going to get married. I got flesh trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping with multiple people, but if I pick one, I'll be happy with that one. No, you won't. You're never going to be. No. That's, that's the victory I'm talking about. Intimacy, biblically, be fruitful, multiply. Intimacy is to produce something. Woo! But we live lives in the kingdom of God saying, I'm his, he's mine, I'm his, he's mine. And there's never intimacy. There's never fruit. There's never production. Not having children. Folks, I'm going to be real strong with you right now. And then we're going to have a powerful altar call because I feel the Holy Ghost reaching on hearts and souls right now. I'm going to tell you something. This precious church, if it's the same size it is right now, Next year, the next year, and the next year, you know what we're doing? We're just walking around saying, I'm saved. I'm saved. Saved. Hey, how you doing? I'm saved. Hi. I'm saved. My salvation is so that I can be fruitful and multiply. And let people know, when you get the Holy Ghost, you're still going to have hard days. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're still going to face depression sometimes. When you get, no, it's a, that, that whole thing of getting married to, to fix my problems, it's a lie. And it's the same with God. You don't get married so that all your problems go away. You get married because you're in love with that person and you commit to that person and you say yes to God because you're committed to him and you're going to stay with him and you're going to let him work on you. Come here, Brother Antonio. There's my man right here. How many times did you sink me the other night? Ooh, to oh Jesus. Forgive him twice right now, Lord. I want to show you guys something, okay? 
Now, I, do, I have influence in this man's life and his family because they've been here for a while. They, they know us. But before I, ever, before I ever knew them, you know, it was the Lord that brought us together. It was the Lord that brought us together. I want, I want to show you how hard this is. How you doing, ma'am? My name's Luke. My name's Antonio. Antonio, it's good to meet you. Where do you go to church, Antonio? I go to church in Pentecostal. First Pentecostal church. Well, hey, man, it's good to meet you. I'm the pastor of the First Pentecostal Church in Anderson. I'd love for you to come be with us sometime. Would, would, would you mind if I prayed with you right now? Sure. Well, I'm just not like you, Pastor. Thank you, my man. Is there anybody in here that's got? Is there anybody in here that's got a need? Anybody? Come on, we're just being honest. I know I'm nine minutes late on some of you right now. But Sister Colleen told me the other day. She said, "Pastor, stop apologizing for preaching long." How many of you have a need right now? If you if you have a need that you can share with me openly right now, just just raise your hand. What is your need? Sister Sawyer, what's your need? Your family. Would it make you feel better to know that I'm binding together with you? Is there anything deep about just saying this? Well, let's have a word of prayer right now. Lord, I thank you for Sister Teresa Sawyer. And I bind together with her in the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus. For her family, reach to them right now. I pray that the liberty of your spirit would visit them this day and let your spirit touch their hearts, their bodies, their souls, and their minds. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Do you know what just happened? You don't have to believe this, but I'm going to tell you what just happened. Angels just left this room and said, The spirit of the Lord is visiting her family right now. Because we're going beyond the gospel. I'm not just saved to be saved. I'm saved to live in the victory that God has given me. And this world needs to know in all of the chaos, in all of the confusion, there is hope and there is somebody to partner with you and believe in that hope with you. Let's stand, let's stand. Oh my God. I'm telling you, I feel something so strong in here right now. I may be the only one feeling it, but I feel it. I'm going to tell you what God sent me to do on this Sunday morning. God sent me here to call somebody out of the comfort of your spiritual lazy boy and get you to rise up and realize you are called for more. Do you ever find yourself just getting in the same rut over and over and over and over? Guess who controls that rut? You do. You got to dig out of it. There is nothing that changes the life of a church like new blood. Woo! Let's lift our hands to the Lord. God, let us live in the victory that you have called us to. Wherewith you have made us free. I pray in the name of Jesus over this congregation right now that your spirit and your power would visit us in such a mighty way and that somebody's mind would be made up. I was created for more than this. I'm not just trying to not sin anymore. I want to live in the victory and, and, and the dominion of the spirit of God working and functioning actively in my life every day. Woo!
Jesus. If you've been living your life in what you have felt to be a season of transition for a long time, I want to tell you that is not the will of God. God works through open doors and closed doors, and transitions are not years. They're short spans of time that are often intense, but it's moving you from one door to another. It is not the will of God for you to live your life constantly in transition, transition, transition. At some point, the Spirit of God is going to get a hold of your life. And you're going to say, I was called for more than this. I was created to do more than just attend a church. I was created for more than to just feel good and go get Holy Ghost goosebumps. I am an ambassador of heaven in the earth. And everywhere I go, I will be a mobile embassy of the power of God in my city, in my family, in my school, in my churches. Wherever I go, I will be an ambassador of the goodness of God. Now, if you're here this morning and you've been doing everything you know to do for God, you've been faithful, you haven't been sinning, you've been trying, even if you messed up, thank God for mercy. But you feel like there's something missing in your life and there's a deeper place for you. I just want you to take a step forward. I was created for more than this. In the name of Jesus. Woo! Something fresh is falling in here right now. Before I ever pray a prayer, there's something fresh falling in here right now. Somebody's realizing who you are. You were created for dominion, not existence. We are not just going to exist in the church. We're not just going to exist in the world until Jesus comes. No, no. We're going to bring heaven to earth. Oh. In the name of the Lord Jesus, would you slip your hands up right now? In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray over every man, woman, and child that was honest enough to come forward this morning, God, and I pray. Oh, woo I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us realize we were created for more than this. We were created for something bigger than what we see. We weren't created to just keep getting delivered from the same thing. You created us, oh God, to do great exploits. For they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I release the gifts of healing and faith in this church. God, I pray that our faith would be in another level that we have never experienced in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. So be it in your church today, God. And let the church say amen. Can we give God great praise right now? Come on, let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Let's give him great praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're getting ready to have a baptism this morning. If you got time to stay with us, I want you to stay. So excited, Mass can be baptized in Jesus' name. Hey, man. I would, I would never, ever, ever embarrass anybody, but I'm happy to have my buddy Scott here today. So glad to see my friend. He's a blessing in my life. And uh, I'm so thankful for this family. God's going to help us today. A few weeks ago, uh, we buried, I guess you'd say, the general of the family. And uh, Matt came and said, told his mom, he said, I'll be baptized. So I went in to eat this week. Zion, brothers, good food. It'll help you. She said, guess what, Pastor? 
My son wants to be baptized Sunday. Praise God. God's going to help us today. Amen. Hey, Noah, would you help me this morning? Would you help me take him back and just show him where we're going to get him ready today? Just take him back and show him the room. And uh, we're going to baptize him in Jesus' name. Because there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I don't know how all this works. I really don't. So I'm not just trying to be weird, okay? I don't know how all this works, but I can tell you this. If Brother Daryl Bailey can see today that his grandson's being baptized in Jesus' name, I want to tell you, he'd be rejoicing right now. We thank the Lord for it. We thank the Lord for it.